Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. Kelly Moore for Christian O'Mell. Well, former Winnipegger Vaughn Rohde spoke about his retirement, uh, the final game last week in his adopted hometown of Seattle after more than two decades as a National Hockey League linesman. Manitoba Moose head coach Mark Morris had shared his thoughts on his team's preparation as they get ready for the Calder Cup playoffs, which begin next week in the American Hockey League. And Alessandro Rigi of the Valor FC of the Canadian Premier League recounts the big win over Atletico Ottawa on Sunday. Hope you enjoy. Our first guest of the night on the CJOB Sports Show. Uh, and uh, I'm just going to play a little bit of audio here. Uh, it's from not too long ago, but I think uh, our uh, our special guest will certainly uh, recognize it uh, pretty quickly. He worked the 5 a.m. to 1 p.m. shift in Bowie, officiating WHL games at night. After 10 years in the WHL, six with Bowie, he got the call from the National Hockey League and was offered a full-time contract as a linesman. Tonight, 21 seasons later, NHL linesman Paul Brody is working his final NHL game. He's worked 1,229 regular season games, 24 playoff games, and the 2016 All-Star and Heritage Classic games. Vaughn, who's a resident of Lake Seamans, is joined here tonight by 25 members of his family. Cracking fans, please rise and acknowledge Seattle's own Vaughn Rudy! Now, as a rule, NHL linesmen like to work in, in fairly or as relative obscurity as they possibly can. So uh, when there is this kind of acknowledgement, uh, it makes it, uh, I I wonder if it makes it uncomfortable. Let's ask the man himself. Uh, he may have been a resident in uh, Seattle for uh, almost 30 years, but Vaughn Rohde, you're still one of ours here in Winnipeg. Isaac Brock still very much claims uh, uh, property to you. <laughs> that had to be just an incredible experience. Oh, Kelly. First of all, thanks very much for having me. I, I, I truly appreciate it. And, you know, it, it's funny that I hadn't heard that before. We're in the room getting ready, and, and uh, you know, we're kind of uh, – dealing with stuff that's going out on the ice and and i that was obviously the announcement that was made prior to the game and and i didn't get a chance to really uh i didn't get a chance to really hear that they made another one when you're on the ice but all you really hear is uh kind of a muffled you know a little bit of applause and and uh that, that's pretty it's pretty special to hear that uh, i'm not gonna lie that's that's pretty special i appreciate you playing that for me you bet. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't have missed that for uh, for anything. It was kind of interesting. Uh, that was actually the announcement that played while you were on the ice, and and it looked oh, like you were just trying to find that spot where no one else could find you. But uh, uh, it, it, yeah. and that and that really does sum up what a great NHL linesman is. Someone who they get introduced at the beginning of the game as a member of the officiating staff. And then if you don't hear anything about uh, uh, their work for the rest of the night, then it's been a good night. Would that be accurate, Vaughn? Yeah, that's a, that's a great analogy. I think, you know, we, uh, we serve the game, Kel, honestly, we, we uh, officials in, uh, in all pro sports and in all sports, you know, amateur as well. 
we serve the game and and when when you know you're lucky enough to be one of 35 guys that do it for a living um you know uh, night in and night out in the greatest in my opinion the greatest league in the world um it is it is humbling uh you uh you grew up with a dream like any player. You know, we grew up wanting to play in this National Hockey League. We realized early that our skill set obviously wasn't going to get us there. But there is other ways to uh, to, to make a living and, and uh, to be involved in that game. And I was I was very fortunate to, to find mine. Yeah, as uh, we heard on that announcement, and, and if it was a little muffled for listeners, uh, basically the, the story goes that uh, uh, Vaughn retired uh, from playing hockey at an early age and moved into officiating, had the dream, went to Seattle, and uh, and worked in the Western Hockey League until uh, Vaughn was lucky enough to reach his goal. Uh, and, and I remember reading one of the stories uh, Vaughn, and you talked about while you were officiating in the Western Hockey League and driving through Snohomie and Snoqualmie Pass and uh, some of the <laughs> highways in between Tri-Cities and, and Spokane, and brother, I've been on them. I rode the bus with Kamloops for 10 years, so I know, oh, I know those go. highways very yeah. well. Uh, but you called it, there was lots of windshield time. I thought, man, oh man, yeah. is that ever a great uh, description? Yeah, you know, we, uh, it's like anything, you know, you, you, you get an opportunity to be doing a lot of thinking when you're by yourself and you're driving back and you do some soul searching and, and, uh, you know, you, you, you really kind of have to talk yourself in to be resilient because, you know, there's so many obstacles in your way of, of not being able to make it. I remember, not that my dad wasn't supportive, but I remember, you know, I had to leave a pretty darn good job and in the city of Winnipeg, I, I was making more money than he was actually at the time, if you can believe that. And, and I, and I, I left this job to, to head out to chase a dream and not only a, a different province, but another country. And I remember my dad looking at me like, what the heck are you thinking? You know, like what are the opportunities of this happening actually coming to fruition? And, and, uh, you know, later on, as we started to kind of chase these guys down and get a little closer to the job, um, you know, it, it was a, a different story, but really when, when it's just you in the car, um, you know, you, you have to be honest with yourself at times. And there was a few times where I was thinking to myself, what the heck did I do? You know, like, is this ever going to work out? <laughs> There's no question about that. Was your dad there uh, in October of 2008 when you worked your first game in Anaheim? Yeah, no, he, uh, my dad was there the second time. He wasn't feeling very well. So, uh, my next game after that was in Vancouver and, uh, and they made it, uh, they made it to Vancouver to come out to my second game. So my, my dad wasn't feeling very well for the trip, the original trip, but, uh, he was able to make it to, uh, to our second game and, and watch me there. But it's, uh, you know, you, you go through this, you go through this league, uh, honestly, and, and you realize how special it is. You know, my sister said to me the other day, just as we were kind of wrapping up 22 years in this league, she, she kind of gave me a hug and, and, and she said, you know, honey, like, uh, I want to thank you. And I was like, well, what do you mean, Val? And she goes, uh, I want to thank you for providing so many great memories in my life and in my family's life. We've, uh, we've, we've been lucky enough to see some real special events through your job. And uh, I want you to know how, how much that meant to me. And really, you know, I, I think that kind of sums up this career. Um, you know, we were fortunate to get it. Uh, it didn't happen by accident. We worked our rear ends off to get here. Um, and not without people helping us, there's help along every way. Uh, but really at the end of the day, 
uh, you kind of touched on it. When you're from Winnipeg, you're always from Winnipeg, and and uh, and it's important to me, you know, doing a hockey night in Canada game, and and knowing that my family in Dauphin or or Benito or Swan River, Grandview, uh, they're watching the game on Hockey Night in Canada, and they have a little pride that you know their nephew is uh, is out there working uh, uh, and living his dream. When you worked as many games and as many years as you did, Vaughn, I'm not even going to try to ask you what the most special moments were, uh, but I, I feel comfortable in suggesting that if you had to make a top 10 or top 20 list, that uh, certainly October 9th of 2011, as well as the 2016 Heritage game at uh, IG Field, and then game number 1000 in 2017, uh, all with Winnipeg connections, uh, would they be on that list? Uh, I, I think those would be my top three, uh, in fairness. You know, um, we grew up, I, I cried like everybody else when the Jets left. Uh, you know, I, I, I pledged my $173, I think it was, or $74 to, to try to get the Jets, Jets back when, when they were asking for donations. Um, you know, I, I, I lived it like every other Winnipeg Jets fan. And, uh, I was so proud and honored to uh, to get that home opener back home again. Um, it was something that I, I coveted, and uh, and when they asked me to do that, um, it it was quite frankly the highlight of my National Hockey League career. And I would suspect uh, the the final one last week between Colorado and Seattle uh, in your adopted hometown now, uh, where uh, uh, you've started a great business with your wife, and congratulations on that, Vaughn. Uh, but also to be able to work that game with a fellow Manitoban uh, who is also just a prince of a human being, and in Ryan Galloway, that had to be uh, tremendously special as well. Yeah, you don't uh, get many guys that are better than Ryan, and and I was lucky enough to to be able to select your your final crew, Ryan. Um, you know, um, uh, Kyle Raymond and Ian Walsh are are all guys that uh, um, you know you have ties with over the years, and and uh, Ryan especially. You know, I we it's funny. You know, I I just heard you kind of chat about. Uh, the MMJHL and, yeah. uh, and, and St. James. Well, we grew up in that league, Kelly, like we, we legitimately grew up in that league and Earl Ormshaw at the time was the referee in chief. And yes, we, we were very proud to do uh, Manitoba junior a, and we were proud to do Winnipeg minor, but we, we kind of, uh, we, we kind of honed our skill in the, in uh, the Manitoba major junior league with Earl and him giving us the opportunity to kind of succeed um, and advance our careers. You know, when, when others were just kind of going like, Oh, you know, we'll use older guys or, or we'll use guys with more experience. Earl really dug in and, and allowed these two young guys an opportunity. And, and uh, you know, both Ryan and I, uh, we don't we don't get where we are without Earl Ormshaw. A lot of other guys too, you know. But Earl Ormshaw, he he is the guy who gave us our opportunity, and we'll never forget that. Well, you'll be delighted to know that they uh, give a bursary to a young official in the MMJHL uh, in his honor uh, at the banquet. So uh, the, his yeah. his legacy lives on. Hey, uh, I <laughs> just like in hockey, uh, the the clock eventually runs out. Vaughn, I wish I had more time to spend with you and and. Uh, I, I think I'm going to try to, to, if it melds with your schedule, to have a longer conversation about the intricacies of officiating games in the National Hockey League. But I wanted to talk about this about you tonight, uh, about uh, what was a special career uh, and, uh, and, and uh, you showing and, and paving the way 
uh, with the diligence and the perseverance and the never, ever losing faith in yourself to get to where you need to be. And I hope there's a bunch of young officials that are listening right now that say, hey, you know what, maybe I can be the next Vaughn Rohde. Uh, you know, Kelly, I, I appreciate that. I, I take a tremendous amount of pride in that. I tell that story sometimes, you know, when we go back and, and talk at Western Hockey League camps or different camps that we talk on, I always say to them, if a little kid from 510 Greenwood Place, Winnipeg, Manitoba, coming out of Isaac Brock can dream this and achieve it, I promise you any dream is possible. So uh, I, I hope everybody's out there and, and, uh, and, and having that thought process, whether it be a, a young man or even a young lady, you know, it's, uh, yes. it's there. You just got to go get it. Thanks a bunch, Vaughn. Very much appreciate this. Uh, and uh, uh, hopefully we'll uh, have a chance to chat again real soon. I look forward to it, Kelly. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Have a great day. Of course, uh, the, we know the Winnipeg Jets are not going to make the playoffs. They were officially eliminated last week, but we have known for an even longer time that the Manitoba Moose are going to qualify for the American Hockey League Calder Cup playoffs. And so uh, my first chance personally to offer congratulations to their head coach, uh, Mark Morrison, who joins us now. Uh, Mark, I'm sure you've been congratulated by uh, many people. So uh, let's just move the conversation to uh, uh, where the team is sitting, uh, heading into, uh, I guess you were supposed to play your final game yesterday in Milwaukee, but uh, because of uh, COVID and, and, and weather, uh, the the uh, uh, schedule's been extended a little bit, the American Hockey League, too. So heading into your final week of the schedule with three games left, I think, uh, do you like where the team's sitting at? Yeah, first of all, thanks for the uh, congrats, Kelly. That's uh, that's nice of you. Uh, do I like where the uh, team's sitting? Yeah, I do. I mean, I don't. We haven't been as solid as we were, but we've we've changed our lineup a little bit. Uh, we sit with. Uh, we currently have like 32 players here, so uh, we've been we've been playing some different bodies in different positions and trying to make sure that uh, we take a look at everybody, especially the newcomers. Uh, to to see if they fit in the lineup uh, for that first playoff game, so uh, yeah, I like where it's sitting. Uh, we've you know we've had some surprises a little bit with some players, and uh, so we have some options there for our playoff roster. Yeah, and and I guess you're going to probably add a couple more to the group. Uh, uh, I would imagine that Morgan Barron and Dylan Sandberg, they'd be guys that you'd love to have along for the playoff ride as well, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that would be uh, that would be nice and. Uh, they're uh, they're welcome into our lineup at any time, and uh, you know we we have positions for them, and we kind of try to hold those positions. And uh, you know we know where Dylan fits in, and, and we know where uh, Baron fits in as well as far as the lineup goes and who they play with. So uh, they spent a little bit of time here. Uh, you know, Sammy spent a little bit more time than uh, Baron did, but uh, we know that uh, Sammy plays very well with uh, Kovacevic, and and they'll be a, a big part of uh, our success. You know, Mark, you can never, ever uh, control how a hockey season works, especially at the American Hockey League level. You've been behind the, behind the bench so many years, uh, uh, you know, what, what the story's all about. So I wanted to provide some context before I asked you this question. When you started out at uh, Bell MTS Iceplex for training camp back in the fall, and, and had at least a rough idea of what you would have for a lineup starting the season. Has the hockey club been able to match your expectations where you're sitting today? Yeah, I think they've risen above my expectations. Um, you know, not not knowing 
uh, all the players, I knew that we had a lot of a lot of depth. I mean, we don't we don't have a player in the top 100, 120 in scoring on this team, uh, but we do have a lot of depth. Um, we don't have our first, second, third line. We have we have all we have four good lines, and uh, we. You know, when we put them up on the board, that's the way we put them. We switch them every day because there is no first line. So it's uh, that way it's been real strong, and, and they, they've exceeded my expectations as far as how well they work together as a group and how hard they compete. So that's been their, their success, has been uh, their compete level and, and their unity as a team. And uh, I had no idea that they were that close to the group. Yeah, so you know, as you describe it that way, uh, it it just kind of kind of come uh, more or less comes across as almost the American Hockey League equivalent of the Carolina Hurricanes. You know, they don't have many people uh, that are knocking the doors down. Uh, uh, you know, in the individual scoring races and that sort of thing. But I don't know, Mark, if I've seen uh, a team in the NHL this year that played more like a team, and and. I, I kind of hear that from you with the Manitoba Moose. Would that be uh, 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 at least a somewhat accurate comparison? Yeah, absolutely. A very fair, very fair statement. I mean, I, I think that the one thing is is uh, about having that kind of depth and and the four lines for starters. It it really brings team unity because all four lines are playing. You don't have a fourth line that's playing three or four or five minutes a night. They're all playing. They all feel part of the club. And uh, I, I really think it helps the uh, the atmosphere in the dressing room. And um, it's been real good like that. And, and they play for each other because of it. You know, there's no one sitting on the outside. With 32 guys, <laughs> are you using two dressing rooms these days? <laughs> Believe it or not, yes, we are using two dressing rooms. Uh, yeah, yeah it, it, it's, it, it's, it's uh, something to manage right now. We're, you know, we're, we've got uh, two practices going on and we, and we try to, we try to switch them up so they're they're integrated with each other uh, as we go, and they're not in a in a separate group. So it's been a little bit more work, but it's also uh, it's also a lot of fun. Now I know there used to be back in the days when I did the play by play for the Moose, there was uh, you know a bit of a, a cap on the roster that you could actually have for the playoffs. It wasn't unlimited. Uh, I would think, Mark, like by the time the playoffs start next week. Uh, you'll be looking at a more manageable number for, you know, the guys that you're going to have directly with the hockey club and traveling and that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, we'll probably try to bring that number like down to about 26. Yeah. Um, but then there's always a emergency uh, calls and stuff that those other players are still available. So they still have to stay, stay ready. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, as far as, travel in and in a smaller roster it'll probably be somewhere down around 26 right uh, back in the good old days they weren't that old uh, or that long ago uh it, it, you know you, you kind of had your first versus fourth second versus third in the division uh but can you explain a little bit the playoff format in the american hockey league this year mark because uh in talking with daniel fink who i would just want to say it publicly is an absolute joy uh to deal with from my perspective he is just so good and so accommodating and so helpful uh but he was explaining to me uh that uh, with the 6-2 win over Milwaukee yesterday, that wrapped up second place for you. So I didn't even realize that there was a play-in quotient that was involved in the playoffs this year. Yeah, I'll, I'll take yeah, I'll take you by it a little bit just by the division. So our division sits like 
Chicago's in first place and we're in second place. So Chicago kind of gets a little bit of a buy. They wait for the fourth and fifth place team uh, who play a best of three against each other to see who plays Chicago in one. And then two would be us playing against three, uh, which is a best of five. So Chicago's got to wait a little bit to see who gets in fourth place, first place, fourth, second place, third, but fourth and fifth play for that fourth spot. Right. And, and now it, it, and I don't know if this was COVID related or weather related or whatever, but was it always right from the start mark where some teams would play more games in the division than others. And so now seeding is based on winning percentage. Yeah, it was right from the very start. And, uh, you know, COVID has, has backed up some games here and there, but you know, the league has, has done a good job in making sure that everybody has played the amount of games that they were supposed to play right from the beginning. But yeah, some teams play 72, some 76. So it, it went by the winning percentage. And I believe next year it all goes to the same number of 72. Um, I think that's the number they came to, but, uh, it'll all be the same next year, all the same games, but, uh, this year, some teams play four, four to six games more. Right. So as we sit here today, we're guesting, by the way, with Mark Morrison. He's the head coach of the Manitoba Moose. Uh, 39, 23, and seven extra time defeats uh, for a total of 85 points. Good for second place in the AHL Central Division. Uh, but as we speak, even with the season winding down, Mark, uh, I mean, only nine percentage points separate Milwaukee and Rockford. So, <laughs> I, I, I mean, you've played those teams a lot down the stretch. So I guess it, in terms of preparation, it won't really be that big of a deal if it's one or the other. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, we, you know, Milwaukee uh, 12 times. So uh, we know them real well. Uh, and same with Rockford. I think we were eight times against Rockford. So we know them well and, and, and as they know us well. So, uh, there's not a lot of not a lot of uh, uh, secrets out there as far as systems go and things like that, but uh, it, they are they are tough games and they are uh, the rivalry's been built when you play a team twelve times. There's a little bit of animosity between the players, so uh, yeah. the battle has been the battle has been built. You might send me to the end of the bench for asking this question, but uh, but I'll, I'll ask it anyway because I was I was doing some notes for our weekend staff for sports and. Uh, what was it about playing at the BMO Harris Center in Rockford uh, that gave your club such trouble? Because uh, you you won three or four against the Ice Hogs here in Winnipeg, but uh, are they are they one of those teams, Mark, that where they're just a little bit different at home than they are on the road? Yeah, you know we have had trouble with them in, in their building, and and even the games that we played here, uh, they were they were close hockey games all the time. They they play a different type of system that. Uh, you know, can catch you off guard. They're very fast. They can, you know, it's not a real physical game. And then all of a sudden uh, they kind of lull the game to sleep a little bit, but they can, they can hit you with their speed and, and their uh, scoring depth. Uh, they're a very opportunistic team. And uh, that's what's happened to us a few times in there. So, uh, you know, not such a bad thing. I think it, you know, we'll respect that if we have to play them. Uh, we know that, uh, that they can hit you at any time, uh, with a breakaway or two-on-one, very fast, very fast game. 
Well, I'll tell you, it'll be it'll be great to watch, and uh, and so uh, for anybody now, there's no way Mark can tell us uh, who they're going to be playing, when they're going to be playing, uh, because that's all still to be determined. But uh, uh, the bottom line is, Mark, the the fact that the Moose are in the playoffs uh, uh, and just with a real, real solid deep team, uh, uh, we'll we'll be banging the drum for uh, people to get out there and support you uh, whenever that first home game is. And of course, Daniel Fink and Derek Mitchell have the call on cjob.com digital Uh, uh, thanks a bunch for this and again uh, sincere congratulations on just an awesome year you know when you go back and you think 14 different players this isn't even including mikhail burden when he was backing up but 14 different guys played for the moose and for the jets at some point this year yeah that's uh that's excellent isn't it it's uh uh, it's a real credit to uh, to the leaders and the leadership group on, on how they've handled all that. And uh, thanks very much for uh, doing the interview here with me. It's, it's uh, always nice to have the interest, and uh, we hope we can get the crowd out to uh, to help us through it. Yeah, well, you guys certainly deserve the support. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Uh, Mark Morrison is the head coach of the playoff-bound Manitoba Moose. Last night, I was doing the uh, Winnipeg Jets hockey coverage from Canada Life Center, and we do a scoreboard there. Jake, the intern, takes care of all the NHL scores, and I kind of take care of some of the other stuff that uh, we think that our listeners want to hear. And so, Alessandro Rigi of Valor FC, I'm going to be completely honest with you, sir. We've never met before. We've never spoken before, but I, I, I did a double take when I went onto my Canadian Premier League scoreboard, and I saw Valor FC 6 atletico ottawa won and so i clicked it again just to make sure but because i wanted to make you know darn sure that i was given an accurate score but that it kept on coming up six to one uh, all i have to say is wow did you guys put the pedal to the metal yesterday yes uh, first of all thanks for uh thanks for having me here uh yeah definitely uh, you saw right it was six one I think uh, it was much needed for the team. You know what I mean. It was uh, tough two games of uh, tough two first games of the season, but uh, we listened to our staff. We we went out to follow the blueprint, and luckily uh, it produced for us. So we were definitely happy. Yeah, I, I know. I was talking with some folks earlier today. And I guess what made this score even more, and, and I'm guessing the entire Canadian Premier League would have been buzzing about it, Alessandro, is you know, Ottawa uh, came in with uh, having established itself as a pretty good defensive team. I don't think they'd given up any goals prior to yesterday, had they? No, they had two clean sheets, uh, which means exactly no goals against. Uh, they had already played two games at home, so they were comfortable with their territory. It was another home game for them. I mean, I guess, you know, you can say it. All the odds uh, were kind of in their favor. Uh, but, I mean, luckily, we, you know, we went out there. We stuck to our game plan, and we, we took care of business. So it was good. It was definitely, uh, definitely positive for the whole team to come back with a nice three points. Uh, always an easy travel day when you, when you win. So it was just, uh, as we say today, good vibes. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 One 
One, one, and one on the year now for uh, uh, Valor FC. Alessandro Rigi, uh, who is from Montreal originally, uh, in his first year with Valor FC, is joining us here on the CJOB Sports Show. And uh, Alessandro, yourself and Moses Dyer, each scoring a, a couple of goals. And uh, you've played in the Canadian Premier League previously uh, with uh, uh, HFX Wanderers. So uh, I, I guess I'm going to feel pretty comfortable in saying that was a career day for you yes definitely definitely a great moment for me I haven't had a brace in uh, in quite some time uh, just very happy to obviously do this with my new team obviously here in Valor uh, yes more as well got uh, you got two goals but it was uh, it was a great team effort you know a lot of guys I mean William Accio providing for the team uh, Sean Rea providing for the team. I mean, there was there was service coming from all over the field, which made everyone else's job a lot easier. And uh, yeah, luckily I was there to uh, to put two of them in myself. Definitely, I'm happy with that. So were they those beautiful benders that just kind of get over the goaltender's outstretched arms and then find their way into the corner of the net? Or were you going hard to the net and redirected on your off foot or maybe uh, scored on a beautiful bicycle kick or a header? Did I get any of those right? Uh, for mine? Yeah, for your goals. Uh, my goal was, uh, my first one was a run to the second post and it was a cross from William Accio, and I had to finish it with uh, with my left foot. It was kind of strange because the goalie tipped it off at the last second, and I was like mid-stance, and I had to uh, get my feet right. That wasn't the easiest. And uh, the second one was uh, Matthew Cat- Catavolo, who took a nice shot, and he hit the post. And then it came back, and I had to dribble one defender that was right in front of me, and then I put it through the goalie's legs to uh, to get my second goal. It was uh, that was a nice one. That was the nicest one out of both for sure. I liked your description a lot better than my guessing what kind of goals you scored. Uh, <laughs> Alessandro Rigi uh, is our guest from Valor FC. Alessandro, tell us a little bit about yourself because uh, uh, you have certainly seen a lot of the world through your soccer career. Yes, I mean, uh, I'm born in Montreal, born and raised in Montreal. Uh, my whole family was uh, born in Italy. So they migrated here in Canada and uh, started playing soccer when I was a young boy, played locally, played uh, regionally with the Quebec Select team, eventually got called up for some uh, under-20 Canadian national team representation. And then my journey took me to Europe. So I did uh, a bit of Spain, a bit of Italy. I touched a bit of Portugal as well, short, short stint in Romania. And uh, after that, I came back home to uh, another league in, uh, in the United States. And after that, I ended up in the CPL, first with Halifax for two seasons. And here we are today, uh, representing Valor for my, uh, for my third season in the league. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to guess that uh, it was uh, the conditions were a little more favorable uh, in your earlier games this season, whether you were playing against uh, uh, Pacific FC or in Edmonton. I know we just had a guest on. They were saying uh, it was 18 degrees uh, in Edmonton today uh, and, and then in Ottawa. I'm, I'm not sure coming back home, <laughs> you're, you're thinking we're, we're playing our home opener on Sunday here? That's right. That's right. That's what we're hoping for. Hopefully the conditions uh, give us the opportunity to play the game. 
But I mean, I think the teams will be shocked once they once they touch ground over here. It's it's still wet on the floor when you're like, yeah, it was flush. Two days ago, you see pictures on the internet that is like, you know, can't even see half the cars on the road. So it's uh, it'll be it'll be a funny uh, it'll be a funny moment to see when the other teams touch down here. But well, I mean, uh, we're used to it. We we train on it every day, so uh, it'll be an advantage for us for sure. Well, yeah, and, and let's face it. You said you grew up and you were born and grew up in Montreal, so uh, you know you you know what this kind of weather uh, is like for sure. So, Alessandro, uh, I mean, obviously, we can't expect Valor FC to go out and score uh, six goals uh, every game, uh, but clearly, uh, you have a very very good squad this year. So, when you said you went out and, and you played and executed the game plan, what kind of a team? Uh, for people who are showing up at IG Field at 1.30 uh, on Sunday afternoon to watch you take on Forge FC of Hamilton, if if Valor FC is playing their game, what kind of game can your supporters expect? Well, I mean, it's pretty simple. A united team, definitely a team that doesn't give up. We have a lot of grit in this team, a lot of you know characters who, who like to win. Uh, we're going to see a lot of hungry guys out there who, who press really hard, who fight hard for the badge. And uh, who just, you know, we go out there every week to, to show that we have something to prove. We want this league to respect this team. And we obviously want to, the end goal is to make the playoffs. That alone is going to set the tone for a bit of history in this club. And then uh, we're three games away to, to, to lift the championship. So, I mean, if we, we continue with that hunger and desire and grit and we, we follow the game plan without ever giving up, uh, we'll get there three points at a time, you know. Well, and and you mentioned you were with with, uh, with HFX uh, Halifax, rather with the Wanderers. So you know what the the atmosphere is like at uh, IG Field when all the supporters are here pre-COVID time. Uh, I can't say that I do pre-COVID. I wasn't uh, I wasn't in the league. Okay, so you were okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. When you said you were with uh, yeah, HFX for two years. I, yeah, right on. Yeah, I was I uh, I was uh, off by a year. Well, then you know what? If you've talked to the fellows who've been here, they'll uh, uh, they'll be able to tell you what a great atmosphere it'll be when uh, uh, they get rolling in the trench. Uh, and uh, it, it sounds like uh, it, it's going to be a team that uh, people are going to be able to get behind uh, uh, with full force. So we, uh, I know you had a travel day today from Ottawa, as you mentioned, good vibes. So especially coming off a six-one victory, but I appreciate uh, though, Alessandro. You taking the time to talk with us tonight? No, no problem. It was a pleasure. Thank you guys so much for having me. I enjoyed it a lot. You bet. Uh, that is Alessandro Rigi, who is a left winger with uh, Valor FC. Uh, scored a couple of goals yesterday to help Valor defeat Atletico Ottawa six to one and level their record at one one and one on the table, uh, heading into their home opener Sunday afternoon at one thirty. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this Try to warn you over the day You may not share